And what's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the City Image Podcast. Mm. Wow. It is your mm. boy, Young Flatbush. I have returned, yo. I'm mm. back. He's back. I'm a little blacker, but mm. a little bit. You know, getting that sun, that vitamin D in my life. Mm. Off the vacation. Uh, we miss you, bro. I missed y'all, man. Not when I was in the ocean, but anytime that <laughs> I was on an airplane. Or spending time with your wife. Or... Yeah, all those times I was not thinking about y'all. Mm. But mm. just know that all the dead time, all the downtime, mm. I was thinking about y'all. Mm. I was thinking about you all the time. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that. In every man. circumstance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to know circumstances are. I, believe, but, I, yeah. I don't want to know. Yeah. yeah. I believe I have, a, I have a, a rich picture in my wall. <laughs> and um, I look at it every night before make, I go to sleep. Make sure it's my good side. Mm-hmm. Every side of you is a good sign. Mm, all true. the sides. But I I mean, I, I'm flattered, but I'm nowhere near as sexy as Daniel the Creator. Oh, the Creator. Man, I appreciate that, guys. You know, mm. sometimes I get a little down on myself and, you know, these these affirmations really help. Well, it's just yeah. facts. Not mm. even, it's just, yeah, I just, mean, we're just look. literally stating facts. Mm. This is fantastic. I mean, 2 plus 2 is 4. Daniel the Creator is sexy. Hey, spread the word. Spread the word. And I am Bryant the Theological Giant. Um, and again, it is my utmost joy to be with you guys. Um, yeah, we definitely recognize how long ago the last episode came out. <laughs> but uh, trust me when I tell you, mm. we've got plans and motions Ooh, to do better. Plan. Expansion. To do better. Expansions, new team members, yep. and all Ooh, that. This is good. So we're still rolling. Um, mm. Be patient with us, but we are getting into full drive, full gear, um, and you will have a lot more content coming your way. We have announcements on different um, ideas that we want to do in terms of um, the show. So a lot's coming to you. Stay mm. tuned. I mean, uh, the last episode, I got the probably the most feedback yeah. that we've it ever gotten. Great, it was amazing. Um, Sage, Yvonne, yeah, Yvonne the Sage, and Dr. And Dr. Phil, Phil over here. <laughs> Killed it, killed it, killed it. Amazing. Awesome, man. But, yo, guys, we got to get into it, yo. This weekend is the biggest fight of our lifetime, yo. All right? It's going to be exciting. It's going to be maybe quick, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know if the proper question to ask right now is who do you have in this fight? Because I think that's pretty obvious. And so how long do you think this fight is going to last? Let's be real. Yeah, They're talking about $500 million on the line, too. So yeah. And for those who might be living under a rock, we're talking Floyd versus Conor McGregor. Yeah. Yes. In MMA, Conor match. McGregor, boxing zone, Floyd Mayweather. Mm. Yeah. I mean. Well, I'm just going to go on record. I've gone on record before, okay. and I will just further elaborate. I think that Floyd is a master at getting people to pay for him yeah. to perform and you can criticize a, you can criticize Floyd in a lot of things there's lots of things that he's done in his life even the way he sometimes even celebrate his wealth that you can criticize him on but one thing you can't criticize him on is his ability to make money mm-hmm. um, and he's a master at that and people once again are going to pay for a fight and I mean this fight very clearly I mean you can kind of maybe convince yourself that other Professional boxers might have a chance, but we know Conor McGregor doesn't have a chance. Um, but yet, no people chance. are excited and they want to see him fight. So, I mean, if I have to guess, 
I'm I'm saying Floyd knockout round five. Mm. If he wow. if he simply plays around with him, I think Floyd might want to just let the people have a show for a little bit. Mm. You know, maybe just dance around a little bit. Let him you know because he I think Floyd understands if he gets knocked out thirty seconds in, that's a boring fight. So maybe Floyd plays around a little bit, gives people a little show, but. I think Floyd's going to have a command for the whole entire fight. It's not even going to be close. I mean, I think I agree with uh, Max Kellerman on first take where Floyd, I mean, where he, he, he kind of predicts Conor McGregor won't land a clean hit mm. um, in wow. terms. I mean, he might, I mean, he, he said maybe a couple clinches and that sort of thing where you get those little clinch shots mm. in, but like a clean, you know, straight up, punch he, mm. he doesn't even think he'll hit that so i mean and that i mean you're talking about the greatest defensive fighter yes of all time seen. so so yeah. i yeah i don't see any hope mm. for Conor i mean uh, a part of me feels like this is all a big ruse anyway you know the fact that this got put together these both of these guys are masters at um like branding themselves like they're putting on a show yeah absolutely they're putting on a show so i wonder how much of it is actually they're them gonna be really fighting yeah you know and um or are they really just putting on a show i mean when you think about wwe like this is has got people's attention yeah like more so so that's a good point man because you really have to ask yourself like it doesn't have to be real in order to generate revenue no it doesn't exactly and so the illusion of it potentially being real yeah is what is selling you know, I mean, on pay per view, this is a hundred dollars. Yep. Yeah, I actually think Conor McGregor knows he's going to lose, mm-hmm. and I think he recognizes that he'll take the L in a sport that everyone knows he doesn't participate. Yeah, right. in. It's not even a real L. Yeah, right. it's not a real L, and you're going to mm-hmm. get paid. He's 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 going to make yeah. over a hundred million dollars. And I, I, I would fight Floyd for over a hundred million dollars, yes. knowing full well I'm going to lose. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you guys want to see me fight Floyd for over a hundred million? Oh. Heck yeah. It's yeah. gonna be his biggest payday. Yeah. And honestly, I think it, it 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 I think he's going to lose and I think they're gonna end up trying to do a Mayweather MMA fight. Now that now, would be, he will get dismantled. Yeah, exactly. and, and I think Floyd knows that and he yeah. I don't I don't see him accepting a That's dangerous. Yeah. It is dangerous, but <laughs> and, I'm just saying And he's he's at forty now. He don't want to yeah. get kicked. How do you <laughs> how do you how do you extend can keep extending the amount of money you can make off of it? I'm mm. just saying. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I think an MMA fight between Floyd and McGregor would probably make even more money than a boxing fight because yeah. everyone knows Floyd. People just want to see Floyd get knocked out, yep. choked out. Yes. Like Submit. people will, yes, people will, yo, you're going to, you're going to like kick Floyd in the face. I'll pay to see that. <laughs> so, but I just don't think Floyd wants to have that image out there. Mm. He's, no. you know, even though it wouldn't be a loss in boxing, he doesn't want to have any memes mm. or whatever the case may be of him getting kicked in the face, Crying choked out. Floyd face. Yeah, so <laughs> be surprised. I think money is is the main thing for him. Well, he's money Mayweather. Cool. Well, y'all, we'd love to hear your predictions. You can hit us up at cityimagepodcast at gmail.com. Send us who you think is going to win this fight. We're about to get into a break right now, and after that, we are going to get into a very serious topic. We're going to be talking about Charlottesville the tragedy there and also talking about just the aftermath including uh trump's press conference and different things that have just come from um this tragic situation with uh, the white supremacists in charlottesville so keep it locked we'll be back city image is the best
What's going on guys, this is City Image and this is Daniel the Creator. And it's your boy Young Flatbush. And Bryant the Theological Giant. We just want to thank you so much for all the support that you've shown us thus far. But we just wanted to ask you guys to remember, if you haven't already, to like us, share the content if it's blessed your soul, uh, subscribe, review us on iTunes, we're also on Google Play. And if you want to keep up with us on social media, you can check us out on Facebook, City Image. We're also The City Image on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can hit us up at cityimagepodcast at gmail.com. And again, thank you for the support. Peace. And we're back. All right, y'all. Man, it is with a heavy heart that I introduce this next topic. Um, just talking about the uh, white supremacist rally, neo-Nazis, um, white nationalists, uh, the alt-right, um, whatever word you want to use to kind of group, um, just a mass group of um, individuals protesting um, and has resulted in the death of a young woman, Heather Heyer. Um, just want to get you guys just off the cuff kind of reactions. Just take us back to the moment when you first heard, first saw. How did you see? How did you first hear about what was happening down there? And just kind of what was your first initial gut reactions to uh, what was happening down in Charlottesville? Yeah, so where I was, um, I was wrapping up a staff retreat. Uh, for my job, getting ready to head back to New York. Um, and I heard that there were white supremacists. Listen, I'm not one to believe that with bigotry and, you know, SWAT stickers. And I'm like, what? Like Nazis? Like, didn't we deal with that after World <laughs> War II? Like, there's still Nazis in the world. Like, and I mean, look, call me uninformed. I, I get it. And like I said, it's not like I didn't know that they were there, but it's just, it's just, it is shocking to see that on full display. And so some part of me was at first taken aback. And then uh, I got a little angry and upset and again, bewildered that, you know, we have Donald Trump as the president of the United States because I sincerely believe that white nationalists, white supremacists have become emboldened under this administration. And of, of course, we know that these tensions, these views have been with America since its inception. But in times, in certain historical times, periods in our nation, those views uh, take a step forward. They become stronger or more overt. Uh, they become more visible. And I think we're living in an era where um, these individuals feel empowered. And so, yeah, I went through a gamut of emotions. And so that was just my gut instinct. Um, but I think just just a whole level of dismay and feeling like, man, oh, with all the stuff that's been happening, I just it, it, it becomes just truly overwhelming that, again, we were noticing such such hatred man i no other words to say like just a, a full-on display of um depravity 
Yeah, I think what's crazy about um, what went on was that um, the day that it actually happened, um, a bunch of uh, a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of us were on a, a road trip going down to New Orleans, and our first stop was supposed to be in Virginia. And mm-hmm. just by some sheer like, now nah, let's keep going. We just ended up skipping Virginia, but like mm-hmm. it would have ended up very close to Charlottesville. And as mm-hmm. a matter of fact, on the way back, we stopped for gas somewhere in Virginia, about a mile away from Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. And in the gas station, there were Confederate flag shot glasses. Oh gosh! And immediately, um, it, it was just super shady. You mm-hmm. know, um, I feel like we we were definitely getting uh, weird looks. Mm. Um, as we were um, at the the gas station, and so, um, you know, for uh, I think a lot of times, especially if you're in an urban city or you know, urban context or in a city, um, racism isn't as overt, mm. oftentimes. And so, when you're when someone's just actively looking at you, um, yeah, in in a certain way, like it becomes more real, yeah, and you feel unsafe. Yeah, man, I I definitely feel both of you on that sentiment. For me, um, I was actually on Reddit, and uh, it popped up on the front page, um, just kind of what was happening down there. And as I started to read more articles, um, honestly, it just, you know, Brian, I definitely was filled with rage. And it was difficult to see um, just really the the reason that they're there i mean we're talking about a you know a statue of robert e lee and what that represents and the confederate flag and just like man there's this there is such a outcry um by racists in this moment to protect the symbols of racism and um that was just so hurtful um to see like not only are are we seeing people upset over something, but they are rallying together to yeah. fight for these symbols to remain, knowing full well what these things represent. I think um, that there's just a lot of hiding behind like a Southern pride and mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah. um, this is completely racist propaganda symbolism. Like there's a reason why neo-Nazis and white supremacists use these flags and yeah and 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 these ideologies to represent um to represent their ideologies rather and um it's just sad man just yeah. to um to see the the conflict between and then the counter protesters um just being spit on and mm-hmm. and cursed out you know and just ran for, over by cars yeah exactly and it's just like man like <clears throat> it's the beginning of this like you would think it's like one versus the other, but it's really just like, you know, man, like we are just out here trying to speak truth and just kind of speak um, sense into a situation. It's just like, man, like you are all, your presence here is saying that we don't matter. Yeah. And we're just out here trying to say that, man, no, we do matter. And you, your racism, your hatred is not welcome here. Um, and they're met with violence. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man. So all of that just sent me into a rage, man. And uh, and honestly, man, I was just not in a good space. Um, you know, when I was reading and just kind of seeing the events that took place there. And to be honest, I don't know if that rage is fully subsi- subsided. Yeah, um, yeah. And man, a lot of people feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and if 
you're listening to this and you're surprised that you know people would still feel enraged about it i just gotta tell you man this is how a lot of people of color feel right now um jews all those people who were berated this this continues to happen but i do i, I do want to mention two things um yeah it seems like a no-brainer that we would want to remove remove all symbolism that celebrates a rebellion to the United States of America uh, by the Confederacy. They tried to form a different country. They were essentially traitors. And their sole purpose for fighting was to enslave other people. That's what they fought for. It seems like a no-brainer that, yeah, you know what? This is never a good idea to celebrate this anyway. We should remove this. Mm. But yet, for many people, and don't think to yourself that it's just simply neo-Nazis who want to keep those symbols alive. We had the president of the United States saying, oh, what are you guys going to do next? Remove Mm. the Thomas Jefferson statue? Like literally defending the fact that Mm. this should continue. So we have people, you know, that they're not these fringe, weirdo, skinhead, neo-Nazi people Mm. like people who hold some of the most noble titles in America, Mm. leaders are saying, yeah, why not? Yeah, let's keep these these symbols of oppression in the public eye. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy to me. Another thing you had mentioned was, um, you mentioned the fact that, yeah, we wanted to make known that we matter. Mm. And it's funny, as I was looking into this and reading all the stories, one of the things that the white supremacists were chanting was white lives matter. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny to me how they always talk about minorities and the sense of victimization that they have. And, you know, they always talk about how, you know, they're, they're no longer oppressed and they need to move on. But that same sort of quasi victimhood mm-hmm. was on display by these white supremacists as they were. They, they, listen, we think they're crazy, but they legitimately feel mm-hmm. threatened. Right. They legitimately feel like they are being, you know, their whole livelihood is under threat by minorities and immigrants and Jews and Muslims and everybody else, you know, they, that's not them essentially. They really feel threatened by them. And so in their minds, believe it or not, they're the victims. They're the ones who uh, need to protest for their right to exist. Now, you might want to argue that that's just this fabrication that they've put in their own head just so that they can hide their hatred. Sure, I, I agree with that. But in their minds, they legitimately feel threatened. And it's just interesting to see people who we would clearly label as individual privilege individuals with privilege white males feel like they're the victims yeah and i think that's the most dangerous thing in our country right now the the illusion that white males in our country could be the minority right you know what i mean like as a black man in america it blows my mind that we can see a, a group of white men feeling like they are are threatened you know what i mean like that they are under fire even look at the way that they're protesting like you guys are walking around 
armed to the teeth. We're yeah. talking assault rifles. Like y'all got guns out. Let Ferguson happen, yeah. and we got guns out. Oh, you know man. what I mean? Like that'd have been the biggest mass murder. Even tiki torches. Yeah, like. exactly. Let alone weapons. <laughs> they got fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they got sticks. <laughs> what? Yeah. You know, like, and so to me, it's just mind blowing to see. Yeah. Just like how delusional they are mm-hmm. to think that in this country at this state in the game that it's like yo you the top of the food chain bro top like food chain. you on top yeah, yeah. but i see I, I think that's even part of the thing I, I i don't know if you guys have ever seen any of those like vice videos where they you know talked with white supremacists yeah yeah um they acknowledge that they are top of the food chain mm. and they want to stay there mm. and that's really where it comes from you know mm. this this emphasis on not um not falling to the to the point of being a minority or being mm-hmm. um you know trampled upon you know they want to maintain their place as the, at the top mm-hmm. That's scary, man. well brian man you touched lightly on um just the response but let's get into the response man so donald trump um we got tweets we got an oh, initial man. kind of response condemning um we got phrases like many sides yeah um and then we have the infamous kind of press conference that he did so guys just kind of weigh in on your thoughts on our president donald trump's um response to the tragedy of charlottesville and what he had to say about it um i'm trying not to curse (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to remain christian right now but put some bleeps in uh, I think that we have a fool for the president of the United States of America. Yeah, right? simple as that. Um, uh, and I think we have uh, someone who is woefully, woefully uh, unfit to hold that office. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look, we understand that there have been flawed leaders, you know, that have taken the mantle of president of the United States. So I'm not trying to act like he's the first racist in office or anything like that but uh, certainly in the modern era certainly um as we look to have america be in a more progressive place for our place in history i mean if you told me donald trump was president in the 1800s all right you know we've got a president with some bigoted views i get it (laughs) donald trump is president in 2017 yeah after we've had the first black president of the United States of America. But that's actually why I think he's there. I think, I think again, this whole idea of, you know, the white man is now, you know, attacked. And I think, absolutely. I think there's this idea like, yeah, you know, like the liberals just went wild for eight years and now we got to take back the nation. Oh yeah. And, um, it has created this, sentiment um a, a growing sentiment that has allowed president trump to be elected yeah um and i think that it is one that continues to you know breed more followers and followers like we saw in charlottesville yeah yeah um uh i, I feel like um again i i go through these these kind of I go in and out of like okay this is to be expected I get it but still surprised like you would think after he makes that initial statement where he's like condemned on all sides he gets he, he catches 
crazy amount of criticism for that. He comes out, he releases a second s- statement where clearly someone wrote that for him and he's condemning white supremacy. Can we talk about that first, joint? <laughs> Yo, it felt like my man was reading off an <laughs> index card. Yeah, he was reading off an index like, card. We condemn <laughs> Neo Nazi. Like, it was like someone yeah. had a hand up his butt and he was like a puppet. The most strongest. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. It was just like, oh my God, this is the yes. most robotic I've ever seen this dude. Yes. Especially compared to the next joint he did, yes. where he was just like, "Look, yeah, no more puppetry. Exactly. I'm ready to talk." Exactly. And so, just by his expression, you can tell which statement he really believes. Exactly. Right? Yeah, he really believes the third statement, where he defended his initial yeah. violence on all sides. Right. The second one is like. All right, this, you know, my PR guy told me to do this. You know, this is try to clean up the mess conversation. Uh, But the third one, he was, you know, he doubled down. And he was like, you know, started making up stuff like the alt left and alt left. Yo, I'm yeah. alt middle. Just can I just coin that right quick? You know, um, and he had just a classic false equivalency, like, oh. you know, just this idea that the counter protesters are equally to blame alongside the white supremacists, right? That was his chief sort of idea. And he was like, look, you know, um, not everybody in the crowd were white supremacists. And, you know, why why would we take down the the history of this country? Um, just, you know, the, the, the other, so at one, at one point he's like, yeah, you know, the, you know, one side was bad, but the other side and the side, the counter protesters, he made the comment that they were very violent, very bad. So it's almost like in his mind, <laughs> the counter protesters were worse. Mm-hmm. And it, you're just up there like, oh my Lord, um, this guy is really giving cover to white supremacists. And it, it is, it is just so... I don't know. Again, I feel like I should expect this because this is the guy who shot to the top of the polls after he said Mexico is not sending us good people. Mm-hmm. So Bad I hombres. Sh- you know, Bad hombres, hombres. You know, some part of me feels like I should expect this, but there's something about seeing it happen right in your face yeah. that it's just like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. We are in a terrible time, man. This is shocking. This is deeply, deeply disturbing, man. Um, I mean, think about it. They, they, they didn't have any hoods on. Yeah. Right. So that means they felt bold enough to to be able to just be identified. Yeah. It's and crazy. I, yeah. I mean, again, man. Like, so my heart goes out to, you know, um, all the people who. You know, we're deeply just stunned by, you know, I think about the Jewish community and I mean, what does it look like to see Nazi flags mm. knowing your your grandparents were killed probably in the Holocaust? Mm. Wow. You know, what does it look like to to see Confederate flags when you know as a black person you were enslaved by this movement, you know? And now what does it look like to see the president of the United States give cover to those same people? David Duke tweets, thank you. Thank you, Trump. For like standing up for, you know, standing against the the terrorist organization black lives matter yeah and it's just wow. like oh my god listen if if the if the leader of the kkk is like good job 
You've done something wrong. Listen, if David Duke tweets this episode, yo, we did something wrong. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did something wrong. Yeah. I want absolutely no cosigns from David Duke. Word. Don't Zero. tweet us. Don't send us an email. Nope. You know, like, I don't care if David Duke was like, bro, I like that haircut. Something's like, dang, I, I got the wrong haircut. <laughs> yo, you got the Nazi haircut. <laughs> you got the Nazi haircut. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, man. I, it was, yo, like, I was watching... Uh, I forget which channel, but yo, I'm talking newscasters, professionals crying on on air. I've never seen that before in my life. And then, you know, watching, you know, Brooklyn's (laughs) Brooklyn's own A.R. Bernard. Yeah. Drops off of his um yeah. his board. Yeah. You know, and it's just like a lot man. of CEOs. Yeah, pulling up. support and it's just people. like, yo, I've never seen just this exodus of yeah. support from a president before. Um and I'm I'm proud of the people who are standing up to just be like, you know what? Maybe I did co sign him at one point, but this is yeah. getting out of control. Right. You know, at least admit you made a mistake. Yeah. You back somebody you thought, hey, I understand. And I get it. Not all Trump supporters are bad. I understand. Yeah. Like some people would just like, you know what? We want something different. Yeah. We want somebody who's not a politician, somebody who's, you know, not from the system to kind of shake it up a little bit. He seemed to be a no nonsense kind of guy. Yeah. He could come in here and make things right. I get it. But, yo, at this point, just said we made a boo boo. Yeah. We made a mistake. Oopsies. Yeah. You know, we, we need to just be held accountable, um, you know, for those who, who support him. Just be like, yo, you need to take that support back. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, I understand people like A.R. Bernard and those individuals who may not from the very beginning have fully even supported Trump. But they recognize that this is a man of influence. He's the president of the United States mm-hmm. because he holds that office. If I could help in some way, sure, you know, move him in a positive direction, I'll do that. Right, but there comes a point where you realize this is this is beyond, yes. you know, this guy, you know, he, I don't want to say anybody's beyond saving, but you know, unless something drastically happens, there's no way that you can continue to support him. And to be honest with you, and I remember thinking this to myself, you know, this probably be controversial, but I was just thinking to myself, man, like, listen, I don't really want to know if you voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if you're one of my friends, you know, and I know I have white evangelical friends and maybe even seen some black evangelical friends. Right. Because there was 13 percent of black males that voted for Donald Trump. So there are a few among us. Um, I really don't want to know you did it because mm. I might not look at you the same. Mm, that's real. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of feel about that. Mm hmm. So. Yeah, man. So, you know, just kind of wrap this up, man, and just really give our listeners just a sense of you know kind of where to go from here but just will be one take uh one piece of advice or just one statement just something for our people to hold on to as they continue to process um what's going on here and you know maybe they don't have um people talking about it at their church and things like that you know what's something that they can um do to kind of help people around them in their communities um process this or maybe even um you know, just think through ways that they can get something going in their community that can be helpful for people just to heal from this event. Man, um, I will admit when this thing went down, uh, I kept my mouth shut. I didn't go to social media. I didn't tweet. I didn't put any Facebook statuses up. 
And uh, part of that was just, if you could talk about social media burnout, if that's such a thing, <laughs> I kind of felt that way because, you know, all the tweeting and the Facebook statuses of previous injustices, all the tweeting and the Facebook statuses, the IG posts, the snaps, whatever, of these previous injustices seem to be doing nothing. These things seem to keep occurring. And so some part of me was thinking through, like, is this working? Is our voice being heard? What is what are we doing on social media? Um, is this a value? And, at the, you know, some part of me is is leaning on the side of what does it look like to go past social media? You know, what does it look past? What does it look to go past saying something? Now, I understand saying something is an important first step, but I I felt like I really wanted to disengage in that moment because of the the level of frustration that I felt of things just, you know, I'm still reeling over the Philando Castile verdict. Mm. I'm still reeling over Charleston. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and this, something like this takes place. And so in my mind, I'm like, there's this huge temptation to plug out, you know? And I think we have to find a way to, to not, we have to find a way to stay engaged and it's got to go past social media. It's got to go past tweets. Um, we, we can't, we can't ignore Trump anymore. We just can't, you mm-hmm. know, um, shout out to the people that were always on the front lines. You might be saying it's about time people join you, but we have to, we have to figure that out. Um, whether that means participation in terms of political activism, um, Whatever it means, you, you feel like you, you know, you got to write letters, you know, you got to even if you think about running for office, I don't know what it looks like, but um, we've got to somehow find a way to stand up and resist and try to set up as many roadblocks as we can, because this is just out of control. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I wish I had. A succinct plan, but I think the plan has to involve doing. Just can't lay back. So that's good, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think if you are out there and you're listening, and you're either a a small group leader or you lead a a youth group or you're a pastor, um, I can't express how how important it is to have this conversation with your congregation. To one, obviously, especially if you're in the South and you're in a largely white congregation, um, denounce the idea of white supremacy um, because the people who are at this rally are, are people around you. They're people that you know, and they may yeah. be in your church. Yeah. Um, and two, especially if you lead any uh, minority people um, or if you're in an urban context, um, th- those people are hurting. And um, for you, I feel like for you um, to not address it is really a disservice to your people. And so um, that would be my call to, um, especially if you're a Christian leader, to not um, avoid it, not just kind of sweep it under the rug um, because your your people are hurting. And, um, um, you know, this is a good time to meet um, hurt with the gospel. Um, especially in the hearts of people, especially if they're young people, because um, they're they're getting their idea of justice from somewhere. Um, the question is, uh, how much is it going to be defined by the word? And so, as leaders, I feel like um, that's very important for 
for us to keep in mind. Yeah, can I just piggyback over that mm-hmm. one second? Because I think sometimes certain pastors might feel like if I don't say anything, I'm kind of just avoiding being political, right, not right. getting involved. But I want to let you know that if you've got minorities in your congregation, you not saying something is essentially you taking sides. Yeah. Uh, you've you've spoken loud enough. By you not spoke saying. yes. You've spoken loud enough by not saying anything, mm-hmm. um, and some of you might feel like, well, okay, well, obviously I'm not a racist, right? Why do I have to come out and say this? No, as listen, we're we're in an age right now where what seems like a no brainer isn't no brainer. Talk about it, right? Like what seems like, yeah, clearly we're not advocating racism, right? Well, that's not as obvious anymore. That's right. And so you've got to do the obvious thing, right? And I would hope that you not wanting to talk about it is not because you're actually harboring racist views, right? You should look into your own soul. And if you don't want to talk about it, you should ask yourself why. But certainly, if you feel confident in the fact that this is wrong, don't feel like, uh, I don't have to talk about this. This is not the gospel or it should be obvious. Nothing is obvious right now. Right. Like you and don't think that your silence goes unnoticed. Yeah, I would I would just say, you know, this, you know, Jesus always aligned himself with the downtrodden, and the oppressed, the hurt, the broken. And um, we have a lot of that in our country today, especially in the minority context. And this is just a great opportunity for churches to reach out to the community. Um, and, you know, this whole idea of whatever, insert blank, you know, blank lives matter. Your life matters because you're an image bearer of God. And so um, we have the opportunity to let people know where their worth comes from um, and why it's a tragic story every time we see another hashtag and and we hear about people being harmed or or put down um, because we are all um, created by God. And so um, that's a message that we carry and it's a message that's powerful and it's one that our country needs. And so we just have a really great opportunity right now just to bring some healing to the broken, uh, in our community, especially in the minority context who, um, are, their worth is on the line, you yeah. know, their self-esteem is on the line right now because, um, the more our country, the more our leadership tends to bend towards the narrative that we don't matter some people are going to start to believe it and um that would just be a complete tragedy to see um just our our young um black and brown people um just start to not see themselves in the way that god sees them and so um we just have a, uh, an, a an immediate way to just speak life into a, a, a bleak situation yeah yeah and I mean, just along with your thoughts there on um, helping to come alongside minorities and and affirm that they matter, I think, Danny, you raised a good point mm-hmm. um, where you talked about what do these white supremacists, what are they afraid of? They're mm-hmm. afraid of essentially them losing the privilege and the yeah. power that they have. Mm-hmm. And I think if we want to counter white supremacy, we want to think about how do we tear down some of these power structures? How mm-hmm. do we tear down... You know, the very thing that white supremacists want to prop up, their privilege. And I think a key aspect to to that is empowering minorities. So I think pastors, um, especially in white evangelical contexts, think about what it looks like to to have the minorities in your context. I actually have a real Mm -hmm. legitimate voice, you know, a real legitimate place at the table. 
even in leadership, right? I'm not saying you just throw any guy up there, you know, just because he's a minority. Obviously, you need qualified leaders, but you should be looking to empower yeah. um, minorities in your context because this is the very thing that white supremacists don't want to see happen. And so we're not really moving forward unless we're talking about destroying white privilege and 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 shifting power structures you know mm -hmm. so think about that and of course man lend your voice to this conflict you cannot stay silent yeah and i'll just say you know to uh, my white brothers you know i just ask for your help white supremacy will not be destroyed without you yeah. And so uh, as much as black and brown people can yell and scream at the top of their lungs, if you guys don't join us in this fight, um, we can't overcome it. And um, we just want to move from saying things like, um, you know, there's only one race, the human race, you yeah. know, things, you know, like all we need to do is just preach the gospel. And yeah. it's just like, well, you're not actually preaching the whole gospel unless mm -hmm. you're talking about justice. Right. And so like we we don't want to see any more messages that kind of just lump everything together and act like race doesn't, you know, like you don't see race. Well, some people see race. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just be honest. And and they hate because of it and yeah. they hurt people because of it. Right. So yeah. um, race is seen. Let's stop pretending like. Um, that's not a, a construct in our in our nation. Absolutely. What I really need um, my white sisters and my white brothers to do um, is to put their safety, their health and their freedom on the line to fight for people of color, letting us lead and not making sure that they are at the center, that they're in the spotlight all the time. Mm -hmm. um, until you're willing to give up your privilege, we will never defeat the 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 evil of white supremacy. Yeah. And so I just petitioned, um, you know, for my white sisters and brothers to join us in that by um, recognizing that there is such a thing in this country as white privilege um, yeah. and using that to really um, fight and to really speak because you right, your voice is going to sound different than mine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, man. And we've got to be a praying people good. like this. I mean, there are times in which... It is so obvious that we are powerless. <laughs> you know, and again, be an activist. Go, do, for sure. Not downplaying that. Mm -hmm. But what we're up against, we need an almighty God. That's good. We just do. And um, we've got to unite in prayer and repentance you know, if we've participated in this in any way, shape or form, we've got to repent. We've got to join and, and seek the Lord, join together, seek the Lord and, and act. Um, and, you know, as Paul says, man, we make prayers, um, you know, praying for all people, man, that all may come to to know the Lord and we can lead peace, peaceable lives. Um, and, you know, he mentions even in that text, you know, kings and you know and politicians and that sort of thing so we're praying for our leaders um as bad as trump is we hold out hope even for him that Absolutely. his heart can be Absolutely. converted by the gospel but we got to be a praying people man because the days are very evil mm -hmm. very clearly evil 
It's good, man. Well, again, if you guys want to share your thoughts on Charlottesville or Trump's response in the, in the press conferences, you can be sure to hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at the City Image. We'd love to dialogue with you guys more and keep the conversation going. Um, any last thoughts, gentlemen? Awesome. So uh, stay tuned. Again, we will be hitting you guys with much more content um, as we got more things in store. Uh, we're definitely uh, running with a lot more. We got some administrative help now, so things Praise are Lord. things are going to be running so much smoother. Praise um, God for the gift of that administration. Yes, and, <laughs> and thank you, God, for giving us the clarity to see that we don't got it. That's <laughs> um, good. So, guys, we love you. Thank you for staying with us. Um, stay tuned to the next one. See the image. This is Young Flatbush. Peace. Bryant, the theological giant. Daniel, the creator. See you guys. Bye. I love City Image.